Welcome back to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the Peaceful Pet Music, Call Music for Pets YouTube channel. What does resiliency mean to you? Abigail Giordanow, owner of Pack Pals New York, rejoins the show to discuss how she has spent the last year building resiliency into her business through her policies, procedures, through her hiring, and through building and designing a business that actually is resilient through the kind of clients and services that offer, to how this helps not just in the short term, but also in the long term life of her business. Let's get started. Hi, and thank you for having me. I've been a huge fan for years, and it's so incredible to be a part of this amazing resource that you offer our community. Um, I talked with you all about a year ago, and we had a podcast about my weird journey with pet care. Um, I worked for a business for the past five years, and about two years ago almost, I took over ownership of that. Um, So we've had a lot to talk about uh, transitionally, and as we so have it, we've got a lot to talk about transitionally today. (laughs) (laughs) We do. And so you've, you know, your journey into pet care was really about kind of finding things that that filled you and that connected with with um kind of your your mission and who you were personally how how has this last year been as you've continued to to do that and now kind of do you feel like you're finally catching your stride in the business at all I do feel like I'm finally catching my stride and I feel like that mission and mantra of wanting to do things that make me happy and growing as a person We've only continued to deep dive in that Um, as we've hit a little bit of rhythm and a little bit of stride. It's all feeling like the chips have fallen where they're supposed to. (laughs) Um, And from there we're building and it's, it's a great feeling. What what does that mean to do it, to be making a deep dive into those things? How does that work out in your, in your business with your staff and with your clients? Well, it's, it's weird, you know, business is business, but a lot of my business has been soul searching. <laughs> um, and, and by that, I mean, posing my business around the way I want my life to be, the way I want those who work with me, the way I want their work-life balance to be, um, the way we interact with clients. It's all very personal. It's personal preference, if you will. Um, and, and I try to take the personal very seriously with that to create um, a very sustainable and, and happy environment, if you will, one that works as well for my clients as it does for me. Uh, we're in the customer service industry, but I have to kind of serve myself first with this. Otherwise, we can't be good for anyone else. <laughs> well, I, you just said uh, business is business, and a lot of my business is soul searching. And I love that connection <laughs> of going, my business is a personal business. It's my business, and I'm going to be personal about this. I'm going to make sure that my staff are connected with the business in a personal way and that they're being fed personally through some aspects of the business. Obviously, we can't be entirely fulfilling to them and their personal aspects, and that's not really our role, but we can help in some capacity. And that starts with us and making sure that the business is serving us and is in alignment with our beliefs that are going to make us happy and help us live a fulfilling life as well. And that a lot of times we either I feel like I I can swing between only focusing on personal and then the business is completely separate over here and locked away from everything happening in personal life and and just the realization Mm -hmm. and and being reminded that it's not like it really does flow between them pretty easily, which is both a, a good and dangerous thing. 
Yeah, that, that balance, and I hate to overuse the word balance, but that balance is really hard to find. And there is an ebb and flow. It does lean more one way and more the other, you know, in certain seasons. But if you find yourself way down the personal aspect of it or way down the business, money-focused, organizational-focused aspect of it, the other starts to fall and falter. Um it's hard to keep up with both, but if you can really, really, really intertwine them so that every decision you're making is based wholeheartedly in both and not just, you know, one or the other, it, it starts to work <laughs> working on that part. <laughs> it, it, it does. And, and, and I think depending on how your brain's wired, you know, I think a good place mm-hmm. to start with that a lot of times is, is, is pricing and making sure you're meeting your personal budget and knowing that those two are interlinked now that we are, independent business owners and entrepreneurs in this and knowing, okay, my business has to feed my family. And so my prices have to be set accordingly. And then I bring on staff. If I decide to do that, my prices need to be set so that I can pay them a good wage for their personal life and do their personal things. And then there's the actions and the services and how you interact with people and you build from there and try and and try and make that a, a cohesive unit, which is something that that really... Um, it, it takes time and understanding, and obviously it can change over time too. Of going, well, that's where who I was five years ago, but now I'm different, and my business gets to be different with that too. It, it is truly that way, and it makes me happy that you brought that up. That's something I see being spoken about in our community very often. That I think is incredibly positive. People talking about working things backwards and deciding what you need for yourself mm. first. Uh, Typically, that conversation happens financially about pricing, like you mentioned, but that's true with almost all decisions. It, you know, it's got to work for us first. So working it backwards instead of just figuring out, okay, this is what I want to offer to the client. It, it's got to start with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and realizing like, oh, okay, like, yeah, my, my clients want that service. Like my clients want adventure hikes. Do I want to provide adventure hikes? Mm-hmm. Is that something I would want to do? Do I want to get involved with the the, the training and the equipment and the, the 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 hassle of the drive and being gone and all this stuff? Is that really what would feed me ultimately? And understanding that just because it may make sense financially, it might if it doesn't make sense personally, we're not gonna it's not gonna stick for very long. And that's and that's we're gonna true. have a lot of of um uh, uh not <laughs> a lot of um uh oh my gosh my brain is just completely gone right now um <laughs> just a lot of a lot of tension in our life trying to balance those two. I, I think that's super true. I think people fall into two trains of thoughts with that or two train of thought with that and and one being well if I don't do it they're going to go to someone else and someone else is going to make the money off of it and I won't and the other train of thought being. Well, if I don't do it for them, no one else will. And that's the camp that I fall into. And all you have to do is look around you and pour yourself into your community to realize that is not true. (laughs) We're lucky to be in such an age where we have so many resources as pet owners and so many different options ranging from the, the old school, you know, high school neighbor next door to very professional businesses like the one I run and everything in between. And there, there's someone out there for every client. Um, and I don't have to always be that person for them. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You feel, you feel 
guilty, and, and especially with missions that a lot of us have of like helping pet parents live their best life possible with their friend or helping them be a better educated or serving the pets to make their lives better. Or when we focus on that, we can feel like it is, it suddenly becomes our, our obligation, our responsibility to meet that need. And if we don't, like you said, somebody else will, or it just won't be met at all. And then we get this guilt coming in um, from mm-hmm. the business going, well, I guess I have to do that then uh, to, to make this work and realizing, uh, no, <laughs> um, there's somebody else out there. Um, maybe you can serve them in a different way and, and being okay with that. Yeah, that that is the truth. And one huge part of that for me was realizing I don't want every client (laughs) and alternatively, I'm not the best fit for, for every client either. Um, and getting a lot pickier about the people that you serve and then, you know, the dogs that follow them and what the right fit is for you is, is super helpful in kind of really digging into your niche and finding your little sweet spot, if you will. Yeah. Well, so for you, how how do you go about being being picky? What kind of things do you look for or kind of cues to maybe maybe this potential client isn't going to be a good fit? One of the best things that I did shortly into my time here was trying to figure out this started from a place of very, very business minded. How can I optimize my time? Where am I spending my time? And one of the things I found I was spending a lot of time on was emailing potential clients back and forth and back and forth and basically kind of trying to gently dig for information and, you know, not sound too weird, but understand their needs. Um, And that took a lot of time. And so the best way I found to streamline that, and then also I found that could help me find who I'm looking for was um, creating a new client form. And the form is with JotForm. So it's a super, super easy thing to do. And it asks all type of specific questions about the dog's behavior, about the client's routine and things of that nature. So before I even speak to them, before I reach out to them, I've got a, it takes about five minutes on their part, but it gives me, I mean, hours of communication from them, hours of information to kind of sort through and look at and be prepared to kind of know a little bit about who I'm speaking to and the situation I'm entering before reaching out to them. It helps streamline that a lot. And you can mm-hmm. ask very pointed questions. And that kind of also makes it uh, less, in one aspect, it's very beneficial when you have those intake forms because it makes it less awkward to ask some very pointed questions to clients without staring them at the face, in the face, or having them on the phone and it be mm-hmm. uncomfortable, right? And especially for us, like me, like I don't want to be confrontational. So I, I tend to, you know, try and sugarcoat things, but yeah. in black and white on the, on the paper, on the form, it makes it really straightforward to go, okay, I need to ask this piece of information. And then based on your answer, I can just really quickly read and go, oh, okay, there is a bite history here. Maybe that's not something, that's not something I even want to approach and I need to refer them to somebody different. And you can really process that a lot quickly. It reduces a lot of the mental fatigue as well mm-hmm. throughout that. And, and, and also, like you said, like you just, the back and forth can really, it just weighs on you of getting back quickly and responding and doing it in the right way and asking the right next question and stressing about the follow-up and just going, no, here's, here's a form. If you fill it out, like, <laughs> I kind of like to think about it for hours. It's like, if they make it through this form, that's a big step that they are a potentially a good client because they have filled out <laughs> many <Right>. questions. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to feel informed and empowered 
not like you've got the hand up, but you have the information you need to have an informed conversation with them to ask the questions you need to ask or to right off the bat, disqualify them from your services. You know, um, something that really helped me form that was just viewing as many other dog walker, um, websites as possible, seeing what type of questions they were asking, what type of ones specifically apply to my services. So for instance, we require a minimum under, under the strictest three or a four hour time window. So, and if they say anything less off the bat, and I can touch base and confirm that with them when we speak, explain why that doesn't work for us, but I've got the leg up. Um, I found prior to that, I would find what seemed like the perfect client, you know, let's say a five day week, they're at a weird time frame. I have a hard time filling. Everything seems great. Dog is good on leash. Oh, wait, they can't be left alone more than X hours. So if I don't arrive right on the dot, it doesn't work. We find ourselves kind of forgetting to ask the important questions. <laughs> so it's nice <laughs> to get the huge ones out of the way first. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I like being able to have everything in one place because then you can form a lot better cohesive follow-up questions instead of one at a time because when you're doing that on the phone or in person, it's a lot to sit and process and try and put those pieces of the puzzle together. So whenever you get that in that form, you have a much bigger, you, you can take the time to really sit and go, okay, what are these questions really telling me about this dog? And the separation anxiety, okay, uh, the clients aren't okay with those, with the time windows that we have. Uh, you know, you can, you can deny moving forward for many reasons because it's not the client isn't okay with your policies or the dog is not a good fit for your abilities and the services that you offer or anything in between or combination of them is what we find a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found that too. And and I feel that getting all of those big things out of the way first allows me to have a more enjoyable meet and greet. Um, Cause prior to that, we used to try and ask a million questions at the meet and greet and undoubtedly you either end up there two hours going question by question, line by line, or you end up not going over a lot of important information that you really need to know ahead of time. So now my meet and greet is much more meeting as people, um, enjoying each other's company, getting to know what are these people like versus, you know, running down a list of information about the dog. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, it, it is awkward to go. Okay. And I, and I know it just depends on the kind of business and, and how you're writing it and the clients that you're working with. And, uh, you know, forms may be, um, people may, may be, uh, worried about using them because of technology issues with a lot of clients or they're not savvy with computers or whatever. And mm-hmm. you can walk people through that. And, and you, that's not to say you still can't, do those kind of meet and greets with that information, uh, but just doing it going, okay, I want to do that a lot less. I think that's a good mm-hmm. goal. I just want to do that a little bit less, you know, 10% less than 20% less and then keep reducing that down. And you'll find clients really embrace that. I, I like giving clients the ability to, for them to give me as much information as possible. Cause I, that's where I find I connect with our ideal clients because you'll see, you know, and it's a judgment call going, okay, did this person not answer these very well? Because they're rushed. Are they busy? Are they in a hurry? Are they stressed? Or are they really annoyed they have to fill this out? Well, if they're annoyed mm-hmm. about filling out my form, boy, howdy, my policies are going to be a whole other thing for them. <laughs> yeah, right. Or your online scheduling system that you use or your online billing. And I've had people 
do that as well. Um, intentionally and unintentionally, people will reach out through email or through other avenues. And, you know, my, my standard response is always, wow, sounds great. Thank you so much for reaching out. Please take a moment to fill out our new client form. Um, that way we might be able to go ahead and schedule a meet and greet together. And at that point, very rarely will they ghost you. And then you go, okay, well, that's definitely not a fit. That's (laughs) self-selection. Fantastic. Or they'll say, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time with that. Or, you know, whatever the answer may be. A couple of weeks ago, I had a gentleman say, I'm not very tech savvy. So I'm like, okay, let's schedule a phone call. And I called him and we just went over the questions together. Um, No, that took a lot of extra effort, but we got a good new client out of it. And Thank goodness I had the questions ahead of time instead of just giving in and showing up to a meet and greet and finding out, oh, no, this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and again, that's a great example of the – but that's not what you're doing all the time now, right? And if mm-hmm. it's a burden to you, it's like, okay, if I just did – maybe if I just did one of these a month, like if I could get down to that, that'd be great uh, or mm-hmm. just significantly less than where I'm doing now to save yourself that mental burden. Yeah, I'll say since – since we've started implementing this, we didn't have a large problem with this before. Um, but since we've started implementing this, we have not um, had a meet and greet and not followed through with the client on services and, and vice versa. They've always followed through. Um, and I find just in general, we're much more aligned, much more on the same page. Um, we have had to, some clients haven't worked out uh, with their dogs after a little bit, um, but not in part due to this. And it made things easier even when things didn't work out with clients because we had a super clear expectations. They knew exactly what I was looking for. Um, we talked about any answers that were maybe not what I was looking for regarding behavior. Um, and it was it just super informative. So for instance, when when we show up to a me and greet, I've got that paper printed out to review. And one of the questions I have, it just says, please check any of the pa- behavioral things that your dog may struggle with. And it goes, you know, um, leash walking, jumping, vacuums, men with hats and beards, all of these different little behavior things, right. <laughs> that dogs might have issues with. And so I can show up to the meet and grade and talk about this and say like, okay, well, it says here that fluffy pulls really bad. Can you tell me about that? This is what we expect when we're with them. And this is how I think we might be able to help you with it. If things don't improve with this, you know, or they're very bad, we're falling over, we can expect that services might not work out. It, it helps me set expectations from the jump instead of a client being surprised of, well, why can't you take my dog? Because X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. I've loved that. Yeah. It's saying that expect, I love that going, okay, well, here's our expectations for what, when, like, when we ask this, when we state this, here's what we expect. Here's how we would manage that. Uh, I, we, we do that with, um, with people who say that the dogs bolt outdoors. That's a question mm-hmm. that we have. Does your dog bolt out of doors? And one of, basically it's one of two responses that you get when you show up to the meet and greet and you ask those clarifying questions. And you say, hey, I noticed that you stated here that Fido likes to, you know, will bolt outdoors. Tell me about that. And then when giving them that floor, they can explain. And it's one of two responses. One, mm-hmm. it happened when their dog was a brand new puppy and it scarred the client like permanently. Like this was a very traumatic event for them. And it's one thing that they are just hyper focused and hyper concerned about. Um, or it happens all the time. 
and the the owner just wanted us to be aware not to freak out about it when it happens. <laughs> and so right. you can take that and go, okay, like those we're going to act very differently and we're going to change how we enter and we're going to give some recommendations for how to stage the house or where to keep the dog or how to, you know, double barriers, all this stuff. And you can continue that conversation. And and I love either, I see the exact same thing and I love either of the reasonings behind that because either the client is very in tune with their dog's history and they value us having that information, which is great because we all know it can be hard to get important information out of clients. Um, and, and alternatively, you know, if that is truly what they're living with on a day to day, it, it encourages me that they're willing to be honest and work together on their dog. A lot of people, um, out of touch seems like a mean phrase, but, but a lot of people don't see clearly their own dog's behavior. Um, you know, the, the blinders of love. (laughs) So even if someone isn't attempting to, you know, hide information from us, it can still be hard to get accurate information. Um, sometimes until it's too late and you see a behavior that they didn't mention because they don't take it the same way that we do. Um, so poignantly asking all of these specific questions, I feel like it, it helps dig and, and yeah. get rid of uh, the room for error there. Yeah, because they're living with it. That's the thing that we mm-hmm. have to remember is that it's not new or novel to them. It's their mm-hmm. life. It, it, it just makes sense for that their dog would, would, would just you know, occasionally tear, tear apart things on the counter. That's just how their dog is. It's not when you say, does your dog have any issues? They may say, oh, no, of course not. Why, why, you know, this is just my dog. Oh, yes. And also sometimes you know, they'll destroy uh, you know, the paper towel roll uh, kind of stuff. Goes, oh, well, that's really good to know. Uh, and recognizing that we, we, we get to come in with fresh eyes and the questions that we ask have to be phrased in such a point where they are pointed. They are exactly. They are putting the, the clients in very specific situations or trying to help them understand the behaviors because then we can better work with them, direct them. It changes how we may interact with them or just go, you know what, this this actually isn't going to be a good fit for us. We're going to recommend X, Y, Z. Yeah. And and I think, like you said, asking those questions very directly is helpful. I find that in person, there's still some questions we have to go over that, that aren't necessarily disqualifiers that are necessary to put on our intake form, but are important to go over in person. And and I love wording them as if XYZ were to happen for your dog, would that be very abnormal, Mm. typical, or just a little weird? So for instance, we do that one with like diarrhea or accidents in the house. You know, if I come in and there's an accident, is that very weird? Or is that pretty normal? Um, And posing questions in that way where it's like, it's acceptable. There's not a wrong answer. Just tell me the relevance of this to your dog tends to be helpful for me. Yeah. And that helps People them be more defensive. Yeah. Cause they do get defensive. Either they're embarrassed or they don't want to say the wrong thing. And, and just presenting things in a way of like, there's no wrong answer here. Your dog is your dog. Um, and this is how you're operating. I'm just here to gather information. Right. There's, uh, right. there's not, this is not a quiz. You're not being graded. <laughs> and I feel like many people feel like that, uh, you know, it, for, for various reasons and just trying to present it in as neutral way as possible as you're gathering facts. It's a fact finding mission at that point. 
Well, and that's something I say on my intake form too, is there's no wrong answers here. We are just trying to make sure that we are the perfect fit for you. And if we're not, we know tons of other people. And with your permission, can use this information to help guide you towards another person who might be a better fit. Um, So it's a perfect transition into a referral if necessary. Um, They don't expect that because they fill out this form, we're going to show up and start walking the dog. Um, And and it also helps form a good relationship there too, um, even if it doesn't work out. Have you heard of Time to Pet? They're a longtime sponsor of the podcast, and this is what Susan the Pet Gal has to say. Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. You also, for new clients, have actually started requiring some, some minimum number of, of visits and walks a week. Can you, can you tell us why that was something you, you decided to implement? I have. So we have a minimum weekly attendance of two times a week, and that is for walks and for our other service that we offer, which is pack play. Um, I describe pack play as mobile daycare or a play group. We go and pick the dogs up, take them to our location, let them play and bring them home. So that's what that is. Um, the pri- the primary services that we offer, those two, well, they're the only services really, um, but those two services most of them are social activity. We very rarely have private walks anymore. Um, we've maintained some old clients who are on private walks, but don't take private walks anymore. So all of our activities are social. So it was very important to us from a social standpoint that these dogs stay in good current standing with their peers um, so that everyone knows what to expect when they arrive. You know, if a dog leaves and, and schedules infrequently or is ad hoc, it's we don't know what to expect when they come back and neither do they. Um, so for us, safety was number one there. Um, but even in not in regards to social activities, it makes scheduling ridiculously easier. <laughs> um, so we, we've got all of our schedule, you know, on, on a Google doc and we know Fido's going to be with us Monday and Tuesday between 12 and two every single week. So I know he always has that spot instead of when we used to be more ad hoc and let clients schedule as needed. You know, sometimes that meant once a month and sometimes that meant for the month they need five times a week, um, every week and maintaining availability for those clients was incredibly difficult. And now we can promise availability to clients Um, and and that helps with our income too, being able to level that out, kind of know more what to expect. Um, we have slower seasons. We do have seasons where people cancel more, but in general, we've got much more of an average. Well, and especially when you view your number of slots per day as an opening and by Mm -hmm. having this minimum requirement, it's limiting the amount of potential openings that are there, which makes it a lot more predictable. You're not having to fill these with more one-offs, which means more individual clients, which means more intake forms and more training and more acknowledgement and all this stuff. And and, and it helps reduce a lot of the variation as well, gets the dogs into that groove. When so when you when you communicated this to to your existing clients, how did you go about communicating that that this transition to them? We were in a pretty good standing with so we had a, a good set of clients who who pretty much did have a recurring schedule every week, and then we had a certain amount of clients maybe. 
30% or so. So we, we were still already doing pretty good as far as that's concerned. Maybe 30% who were still ad hoc, you sign up when they feel like it type of client. Um, and most of them took it very well. We, we didn't actually lose any clients because of that. Some clients um, were very honest with us. We've got very few who said, hey, we're happy to sign up regularly. We can only do one time a week. And those clients, we allowed that. We've known their dogs forever. We know they're not a safety issue. We're good to go. Um, and we really posed it from, hey, we want to be as available as possible for you. I hate to tell you no when you need us. So let's make a schedule that works for us so we can always be there. Um, and with that, because we're not ad hoc based anymore, you know, as needed based, we we always have a little bit of flexibility in our schedule. And for the most part, when one of these clients does request an extra visit, we can accommodate that. Um, whereas before, you know, sometimes we couldn't and that it didn't feel good. <laughs> mm. So so you found that going this route, because of the predictable nature and how you're able to schedule this, you can actually accommodate the, the ad hocs a little bit easier than you were previously? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because our, our schedule is set, I can I can look ahead and say, yes, Wednesday, two weeks from now at 3 p.m., I uh, do have an opening. Whereas yeah. before, yeah, I don't I don't know. So typically that meant saying yes and then having a crazy schedule or you'd say no and then realize, oh, I, I could have done that. Um, uh, yeah. And so you when do you offer, you know, when when people think of offering or requiring these kind of things, are, are you offering a discount on multiple bookings for that week or is it all the same price? Doesn't matter how many times they book you. Nope. Same price. Um, and my personal justification behind that. So we, we used to offer, if you were five times a week, um, instead of, these were old rates, but our walks were 25. And if you were five times a week, the walk was 20. Um, and that was fantastic. But the people, no one signed up for that for the discount. The people that got that, they already needed five times a week. <laughs> we didn't oh, do them a big favor. You know, it didn't get clients to go five times a week. It just gave a benefit to those who happened to need it. Um, and, you know, going more frequently or, yeah, going more frequently didn't didn't change our cost. We still yeah. needed to spend the same amount of gas, <laughs> the same amount of time. It doesn't change anything for us. So I've actually been weaning those clients down over the past year, um, to removing that discount, if you will, getting them on normal rates. And that was very hard because when I took over, I initially raised rates pretty steeply as we'd never had an increase. And so those clients who were receiving that discount have been slowly, slowly bumped up. Um, and now their walks are $10 more than they used to be, mm. uh, which is huge. Yeah. But we haven't lost one. Oh, that's wild. That's why, and it, it's important to remember of the, about the discounts being very careful with those. As we mm -hmm. will get people who will ask for discounts, and they'll go, "Well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll guarantee service, and I'll, I'll, I'll sign whatever you want me to do, and I'll have you come out, you know, three times a week for forever." And in my head, I'm going, "Yeah, if it's not profitable the first visit, um, mm -hmm. it's not going to be profitable the thirtieth." Right, nothing yeah. is changing about that. So, being very cautious and making sure that you know your numbers and what you're giving away, uh, and that because what that can lead to is you going, "Well, I've agreed to this," um, and you can start to resent that a little bit, especially whenever you feel like you need to raise prices or things aren't working out. Oh yeah, and, and particularly as you're, you know, when you're starting out, I think 
that's when the appeal is to offer is highest to offer discounts. Um, but you're not going to be starting out forever. And, and after a little while, you're going to find yourself busy. Um, and you know, you might've taken that discount discounted client before because you think, Oh, well, if, if it's not them, I don't have anyone else to do that spot. You know, it's, it's that client or nothing. And that's simply not the truth long-term you know, for me, if, if that client doesn't work out, I'm, I'm still going to have that spot available and I'm going to fill that slot either way um, if it's a permanent opening. There's no sense in attempting to convince people to use our services um, as if we desperately need them because we don't. It's, it's mutual. We need to find, I need to find a client. They need to find a dog walker, but it doesn't have to be exclusive that we're the only fit for each other. Right, right. So how, how are you finding new clients these days? What are some things that you've been thinking about or, or, or trying uh, to, to reach out to potential clients? Fortunately, a lot of what we get is word of mouth because we're, we're pretty well established. We're not in a, in a very small community, but we're in a tightly knit community. Um, but prior to all of our word of mouth, um, some of the avenues that we really liked um, sharing our services on are uh, an app called Nextdoor, which you might be familiar with. It's kind of like a, like a neighborhood social networking app. Um, so if we post on there and we get one client who is regular and posts on there, next time someone is in there asking for a dog walker, they'll bring up our name if they love us. Um, and an alternative to that that we also loved was local groups on Facebook. So for instance, we service the Bethlehem area, Bethlehem local moms group, um, Bethlehem local businesses, Bethlehem local families group, all of these little online Facebook groups. We found our clients were promoting our services on there before we were even part of those groups. Um, and so when we got in them and we searched our name, we saw, oh my goodness, all of these clients are talking about us. Um, and that made me realize we should be talking about ourselves there. Um, uh-huh. So whenever we would be looking for new clients, I'd go post and they're like, hey, friends, you know, we we service our community here and offer these services to some other members in the group. And if if you're interested, blah, 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 and do our little advertising there. And then automatically the couple of people who were our clients, if they saw it, they'd post, yes, we love them, blah, blah, blah. And and that's really how we shop for things nowadays is by recommendation of others, you know, even uh a toilet bowl cleaner. We're going to review it on Amazon and see what other people have to say. So of course, that's how we shop for for services, you know, for our home and for our family. Yeah, if you, I, we we've absolutely loved uh, the the local Facebook groups for mm-hmm. us. It's, it's insanely powerful to be in there. And you're right, going in there. And if you you're not, go join a couple. There's there's even if you're like, oh, I'm in a very small town. Trust me, uh, you know the town we live in is like twenty thousand people, and I think they have almost a hundred different groups for and all that's sorts all of. all the more reason to be part of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. it's in all sorts of niches and for different aspects and things, and mm-hmm. some for businesses, some for just general knowledge, some for getting connected, some for selling and whatever, and just seeing what's out there already and, and searching your name. It's not vain. You're doing market research and seeing what pops up and then going, you'll be surprised going, oh, wow, people are already saying, mentioning me. So what can I do? What can I share? What content can I be making for, for um, but to my, not just the potential clients, but for my community at large? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of how we search for everything. It seems so silly because, you know, why wouldn't they just Google it? But just the other day I posted in, in, in a group for, for my location of where I live, Hey, wh- who's the best local plumber? Who do you recommend? Um, 
I, I don't know why, even though we have Google, people want to know. I want to know who did my neighbor's shrubs. You know, yes. we're we're nosy and we want to hear actual experiences from people we feel like we have some connection with, even if that connection is very loose. Um, and and so that that's helped us a ton, a ton. Our, that boosts your your credibility, obviously your visibility within your community, and just your overall trustworthiness. Now, did you ever consider anything like other direct marketing or mailing aspects of, of postcards or flyers or things like that? I did. I went almost to completion and sending with um, something called Every Door Direct Mail, um, EDDM, I believe is the appropriate acronym. And that's through USPS where, you know, the the coupons that you get in the mail for the local pizza chain that, that have a coupon on them and, and tell you about that. That is Every Door Direct Mail. Um, you can go through the post office and purchase small routes and select the routes that you'd like within your town or within another town to send out your flyers to. Um, and we decided to do that. Or well, we were going to do that because you can really target specific areas. So there's a couple places that we service in our community where, you know, you always think, Hey, I'd like a couple more dogs right here. This is a good spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I'm at here at a good time. Um, so you can, you can go in and purchase and, and for us, for instance, those routes were about a hundred dollars each. So you can do it very small or you can do it very large scale. And we thought that'd be a good way to, to target by location clients. Um, the only reason we decided not to do that was we got a couple more clients and we found ourselves too full. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, what a blessing, right? We didn't need to do it, but I I thought that'd be fun. And I really wanted to see the results of that. Um, one of my, one of my local colleagues, um, owns a business, a dog walking business and has done the same thing. And she loved the results of hers. You know, we always rationalize it. If I spend $500 on this, so that's like two routes and and your postcards, right? If you only spend $500 on that and you get two long-term clients who are a couple times a week, it's worth it. Um, If you don't get anything, it's not a giant investment and that sucks, but at least some people know your name now. Um, So it seemed like a win-win for me and it was for her as well. Yeah, that's actually something that we we have looked into as well, and we're kind of in the uh, in in the middle of either deciding to move forward with it or or mm-hmm. not. And because of how bi- our businesses are set up, being extremely location specific, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, down to the neighborhood and next door neighbors, sometimes it really <laughs> is uh, t- from us and from people we've talked to about it seemed like a great way to help optimize that because that's what our businesses rely on is good operations and good route planning and something that we all kind of stress out about. So going, you know what, if I've got some really good clients over here who I know I'm going to serve for a while, or it really works out with my driving or my schedule or where, how things happen. If I could just get two, three in that area over the course of a year, that'd be, that'd be huge. And, Mm -hmm. and like you said, looking at that cost benefit going, okay, if I get these people and they book me for two vacations or they book for me for you know five walks you know, over the course of a month like that could you know make a long way to paying off for those the, that kind of investment right and and so and then like i said another thing about that is and even if they don't they know your name i've heard it yeah. said so many times when talking about marketing that someone needs to see it's brand recognition you know someone needs to see your brand several i think it was like three or four times before they'd consider using you. It needs to be a thought in their head, a household name, if you will. And that's something that 
our online stuff, it being in groups and things like that, being on next door helps with a lot because if someone sees our name online and then for instance, we sent those postcards um, and then they talked to one of their friends in person and they mentioned us, okay, we're now a very trusted resource to go reach out to versus if they've only seen your name one time, you know, on a flyer um, around town, Eh, they know of you. That's great, but they don't remember it. Um, so being able to to have brand recognition like that and and see a brand multiple times helps a ton with that. And now they have something to share, to give out to somebody, mm-hmm. to refer back to. It's a physical. You have a mm-hmm. physical representation of your company in that person's hand in their home. So whether, like you said, they decide to use you or they have a friend and they go, oh, goodness, I just saw that flyer. Hold on. Let me go find that real quick. Um, you can you you have that connection and, and it starts to ingrain that brand recognition really does start to take off. And, and it truly works. And if, if you think about the way that you use services yourself, it can help a lot when thinking about how you want to promote your services. For instance, like you said, having that physical reminder, we've got a magnet, our electrician left here one time when he did a service. And now, you know, it's, it's not like... Um, not like he was bad or anything like that, but now I'll never Google for an electrician again. I'll go get my magnet on my fridge. <laughs> we used to do magnets for our clients as well. And yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, we, we do magnets as well. Um, they're, they're just very small. They're, they're the size mm-hmm. of, a, of a business card. And we, we leave them on the counter. I, I try not to just put them directly on the refrigerator and be just like leave them out for them. Right. I don't want to you know, go back like, no, I am taking this place. Just say, here, here's this. Uh, and, and we'll come back and they'll be up there. And it's a reminder. And um, you know, it's, it's a great way to just have those various touch points with your clients. We, um, that, that makes me think of, we didn't do it this past year cause I was a little, little busy with things at the time that they offered it, but our YMCA does, um, our local YMCA does like family days where some businesses will come and there will be, you know, craft setups and, and things like that for kids and families to run around and do. And that's a great way to get stuff like that out of there is community or out there is community events. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely encourage people to involve themselves as much as possible in that if they're trying to grow and become more recognized in their community, no matter how you small or no, no matter how small, um, like you mentioned, your community is, is so, so small, but that's even more reason for people to know your name because everyone talks to everyone and everyone knows everything about everyone. And you want to be one of those everyone's and everything. Um, if your business is a go-to, even if there's other people in your community, if everyone knows there's these two different dog walkers, they're going to call one of you, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and recognizing that those community events, you know, the be, being very realistic of going, okay, I'm going to go to this. Um, I'm I might not get any business or bookings from attending, but what have I done? Mm-hmm. I have made myself more prominent in the community. That's a huge mm-hmm. win. Like that's 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 big and something that we need to seriously make sure that we are uh, nurturing and and being very attentive to. Yeah, that that really helps the perception and view of potential clients about our business. Um, we talked about that last episode that, that we did together um, about and making ourselves as legitimate as possible yeah. uh, because people tend to view uh, pet care as not a very legitimate thing. Many people view that as something you ask your neighbor to do, something you ask a middle school kid to do. Um, and we're in here squeezing and saying, no, we're a professional business. So we've got to do everything <laughs> we can to show them. Yes, we really are. And, and I love community events for that. Um, and like you said, getting out there in, in that professional manner. 
A lot of pet owners don't know how to react when their beloved pet is facing a bout with anxiety, noise sensitivity, or depression. However, there are various studies that have proven that animals react very positively when calming music is played for them. So check out Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets on YouTube, where you can actually give your clients' pets the best chance at relaxing while they're away. From peaceful melodies to soothing nature sounds, this YouTube channel is your go-to spot for your clients' pets when they are anxious and you don't know where to turn. Complete with beautiful and vibrant animations, their videos will become your home for the tools needed to keep the pets in a state of peacefulness. Be sure to subscribe at Peaceful Pet Music, Call Music for Pets on YouTube, and hit that bell so you never miss a moment of music. Now, we started off the episode by talking about kind of where you're, you're, you were in a season of more more transitions in your life and um, in, in working on things. So what are you, what are you planning for in, in the future and, uh, and what are you looking forward to in your business? Ooh, all of this goes together. So I'm yeah. currently expecting my first child. Um, we're due early this summer. So I just hit my second trimester. Um, the morning sickness is starting to fade, but the planning is not. It is in full swing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we are currently getting ready for that. Um, I'm finding that unintentionally, it's always been my goal to start a family and, and have this business and have a family since, you know, being part of this business. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that a lot of these policies, a lot of these procedures, a lot of things that I've implemented already, you know, forcing so much flexibility in our scheduling with the clients and with us um, and having such pretty, pretty set schedules. And by flexibility, I mean, having a lot of room, you know, for instance, I only need to go to work as of now, two days a week. Um, I've built our schedules so that we can combine routes whenever we, we need to. So if someone's sick, um, if someone has car trouble, we can combine our routes for the most part. Um, and little things like that, I, we've got a lot of planning to do to get ready, but I'm finding wow, I really have been building the business that's going to work for my life. Um, it's a really good feeling. <laughs> well, that that's super exciting. Congratulations, Abigail. Thank I, you. I, I'm, I know that that's a very exciting time, but I, I'm sure it's also scary with 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 unknowns and and things and you say you're still working on planning where where are you focusing right now as far as trying to make sure things are are all in a row? It is. So something something I've done with that is, um, like I said, we've got our, because we, we know our schedule every single week, our, our schedule is made for the year. <laughs> it's, it's in our scheduling system. If someone yeah. wants to add on something, that's great, but our schedule's done for the entire year and it's January still mm. when we're recording this. Yeah. Um, so now I need to make an alternate schedule of, okay, this is what the schedule will look like if I go into labor in the middle of the week. <laughs> and this is what it'll look like when I'm on maternity leave. Um, this is what it'll look like the month leading up to that and then the month after. And because we're on recurring services, I know what that looks like. All I have to do is move things around in in the chart um, and figure out how they're going to work. I've got those schedules made um, and we're going to do some mock trial runs <laughs> and implement them. Um, and so far... It, it's not very worrisome. I, I feel really blessed to have the setup that I do leading into this. And, and I think that that's why making these changes that work better for your life are so important. Um, 
if I hadn't made a lot of these changes that I've made, this would be so overwhelming right now. There'd be no way to plan. Um, I know that like the recurring schedule thing isn't for everybody, but this is like a number one, for instance, why why it works for me. Um, family planning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's, re- it's yeah, because whether it's, whether it's having a child or it's uh, something that comes up unexpectedly, because, you know, while well, yeah. you know it's early summer, like the exact date is going to move. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not set, right? So trying to just understanding, like, that's a, that's a fear a lot of business owners have of going, how do I plan for the unexpected? Well, the thing is, yeah. you, you can't, but you can prepare. You can right. get systems set up. You can structure your business to be what? Be more resilient to when changes come, to when unexpected things happen. And that that takes time, right? It's you know, it sounds like you've been spending this past year kind of unintentionally getting ready mm-hmm. for this point, getting ready for this point. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, I love that word that you just used about that building resiliency. Um it, in, in your business and in, in your scheduling. And that's, that's one thing I would tell anyone, even myself, who I feel like I'm doing pretty well with that, continue to build more flexibility with your clients. Mm-hmm. So for instance, we, we offer pretty much three timeframes, nine to 11, early, early bird, people who want early, um, 10 to two, and that's 90% of our clients. Um, and one to three people who want the latest slot we have available. Um, those slots overlap because sometimes we're going to be early or sometimes we're going to be late, but the majority of our clients have a four hour time frame of 10 to two. So as I'm preparing and I'm looking at this, you know, new schedule of what it's going to look like, or for instance, let's say something happened today, this morning, one of our girls, if they blew out a tire, I have this dog scheduled, you know, for 10 at our earliest part of his time frame. Well, now we've got this going on. If I didn't have that time frame, I'd have to reach out, make sure that's okay, apologize, feel bad, you know, yada, yada, yada. But now I could just move him to 1.30 or even 1.45 mm. and we still wouldn't be late. Having having that really allows, it takes away a lot of communication and apologizing with clients and justifying what you're doing. Um, and also just, it sets healthier expectations with clients as well. Yeah, and it's less mental fatigue and burden on you. Again, going, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's fine the way that operates right now, but that's because I can be attentive to do that. Let's say, hypothetically, I don't know, uh, going into labor or having an emergency mm-hmm. surgery or something like that, where I yeah. can't reach out and say, hey, I'm sorry, we're going to be an hour late. Like, yeah. now you've, you've already set that expectation, and it's not something you, you have to worry about anymore because it's just the way how it operates. Exactly. And, and I don't think I'll need to do it, but as I'm looking at, at our maternity schedule, if you will, I'm thinking, oh, well, it'd be really convenient if I could do this client, you know, at three o'clock instead of our 10 to two, you know, just on Mondays. But now when I do need to reach out for any type of accommodation for myself from a client, that happens so rarely now that the clients are much more willing to, um, mm. because in general, I don't need anything from them and I never have to apologize, you know, regarding our timing or anything like that. And, and timing seems to be the number one issue for people. So that's, that's my number one recommendation is just broaden it. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, are you going to be bringing on extra staff for whenever you step away or, or how are you handling just the, the personnel issue? Um, at this time, um, I'm only needed two days a week and that would be Tuesday and Thursday for a pack play group. Um, and I'm currently deciding between, 
temporarily allowing or not allowing, but I'm currently deciding between um, temporarily having some help from another business for two clients who prevent um, prevent my staff from taking on those two days of work for me or what I think we'll end up doing. Um, I think my husband will be joining me. Um, previously, he's been a, you know, a silent partner who's only here to love on the dogs. But what I think we'll end up doing is having him work for me those two days a week. Um, our pack play that we run is, is at my house. So, um, he is in group every day saying hi to any, everyone. Anyway, he's Mm -hmm. known these dogs for years because we board them and, you know, our pack play program. So all I need to do is teach him the roots, the actual picking of the dogs up, um, and our scheduling, you know, he knows pretty much all the clients already. So I think I'm going to have uh, a little short-term business partner there. Hey, <laughs> I'm excited. You, you guys know all about that, but I, I know nothing about what that looks like. So I'm a little scared. <laughs> uh, 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 communication, uh, just far yeah. away. <laughs> that's all I can say, but it, that's really, that's really nice to, to have again, that, that, that support and, um, being able to, to lean on that and that he has that experience. Um, and so hopefully you can, uh, get his uh, his new T-shirts ordered and get him uh, on the training program too with the with the company. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel really good that uh, you know aside from trying to create this resiliency and flexibility, the be prepared for anything mindset, and that's why I did that. All of these things that I've done is is out of fear of being ready and mm-hmm. always being able to show up to work no matter what. Um, you know, we've got an emergency policy if if all goes. You know, if all goes south, we will still show up and take the dogs on a free potty break, you know, trying to be prepared for anything. Um, and and I've done all this out of fear, but now I'm saying like, this is just the way we should be living our life or I should anyway, because it, it just, it takes so much pressure off of things. Um, and I just like a deep breath of, of relief. <laughs> Yeah. And so you, you, you mentioned that you'll be stepping away, obviously, you know, not just for, for, um, the delivery, but also having some uh, maternity, maternity leave built into this as well. Um, mm-hmm. how are, how are you planning on, on using that time? Um, when you, when you're away from the business and, 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 and recovering and, and, and bonding with the baby? I will be doing exactly that recovering okay, and bonding with the baby and good. nothing else. <laughs> um, <laughs> So one of the things that we've done in preparation for this and, you know, now expecting a baby, um, I've got all the more reason to kind of set these boundaries and set these new rules because what client is going to argue with me if I'm not being unreasonable, you know, we've got a really good, a a big why now, if you will. Um, And so, you know, my why being the baby, one of the things that we've done recently is really streamline our channels of communication. So previous, previously I used to answer Facebook Messenger, Instagram DMs, not professionally monitored, but I would get back to clients quickly. Um, Email, uh, our scout uh, scheduling system, they can um, add notes for us on there and text and phone call. And so I've reached out to all of our clients and said, hey, our staff are going to be helping manage the business phone while I'm away. Um, and to help make life easier for them, I would like for them to only have to monitor one of these forms of communication. So please reach out via text only if you need us to respond within 48 hours. Yeah. Um, if you just want to send me cute pictures or something, feel free to email. Um, <laughs> and and that has been a huge relief. I've already, I'm like, why didn't I do this two years ago? This is how it's always going to be. <laughs> 
yeah, reducing that method that that bombardment of input and mm-hmm. channels to selecting it's a it's an emo, it's a mental burden to remember. Oh, did I check Facebook Messenger today? And or where was mm-hmm. that thing? Where's for for me? It's very much like if it's not in text in, in our software or in an email, it just doesn't exist. Like I just will I will forget about it, and then I'll be perusing in Facebook Messenger and go, oh, look, a message from two weeks ago. Uh oh, <laughs> I need to get to that. So uh, it's uh, that that's that's great that you can help streamline that and um and just again that's something that's going to help set up a lot more um there's that resiliency and streamline nature of the business moving forward like it's these things aren't aren't just a sounds like they're not just a temporary thing it's something that Mm -hmm. you're you're looking forward to them sticking around moving forward too yeah my thought is why can't it be like that all the time (laughs) and 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 it's going to be good um i think as i know as business owners a lot of the reason that we don't get help or we find that we can't outsource you know some of these things with staff um is well there no one else is going to be able to do this the way that i do it um and if you have that train of thought, probably the way you're doing it is wrong. Of course, I can't expect someone else to manage six different avenues of speaking with clients throughout the day. So I probably shouldn't be doing it myself. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, when you do the KISS method, if you will, the keep it simple, sweetie, um, you make it so that your work is manageable and you you can outsource it. You can get help when you need. I can just hand the girls the phone and say, Hey, please take this. Um, for instance, while we're on this podcast, my husband has the phone, um, because there's only one thing to do and that's, that's monitor text Mm. (laughs) and that, that keeps it easy, you know? Yeah. And keeps things moving along. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, and really does help it set up for that it's not wholly reliant on on one person, one individual person to accomplish everything, which when mm-hmm. we're first starting out, that, that resides in us and going, if I want to make this as resilient as possible, um, what, what can I, what can I offboard so that if I don't show up, if I can't be there one day, something can still happen and, and the business right. can still function as it, as it needs to. Well, and, and here's a perfect example of this. You know, it's not even just about streamlining things so that you can and help so that others can help you, but so that you set yourself up for success. For instance, I was still maintaining um, a couple forms or a couple a couple clients communication through email because that's what they preferred. And I just never told them, hey, this doesn't really work for me. And a couple of weeks ago in early December, um, a client message, they asked to add on an extra day for the week. I said, yep, that sounds great. Let me know if you want to confirm. And they did email me back. Um, but when they were emailing me back, we had a plumbing issue and our house flooded. So the last thing I was doing was checking my emails. You know, I was just in treading water mode and answering texts and figuring out work scheduling. Ooh, I was yeah. not checking my emails. So a day later, I'm getting, you know, calls in the afternoon. Uh, why aren't you here for my dog? Why aren't you taking my dog? And I had to tuck my tail between my legs, apologize and go through this whole big thing when, when that wasn't necessary, (laughs) we could have, it was completely avoidable. We ask that clients manage their schedule, AKA add cancellation or make cancellations or add things through our scheduling portal. And because I allowed her to do it via email, um, historically, that's how we were doing it with her and making that exception because it was easier than setting the boundary. Um, I set myself up for failure. <laughs> oh gosh. No, that's, that's a, that's a really, easy. 
Yeah, of going. Yeah. Look, I, it, we 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 make exceptions, and we never fully understanding sometimes how that could like again that that oh what could possibly go wrong? I'm just doing it this one time, um, yeah. and not being paranoid about our actions, but just realizing that when we simplify in these nature in this nature business communication services pricing policies, it helps us stay consistent and helps make actions and behaviors much more predictable on both sides yeah. of the table between the client and ourselves. Yeah, that's so true. I and I'm I'm going to continue to do this. Um I think I think everyone can take a little piece of that regardless of whether you're family planning or planning for a vacation. That is helpful for every aspect of your life. I, I would love my business to run in such a way that if I just poof like disappeared, the business would still be running the same. No one would know anything different. Um, that's, that's the way I want things. I know people love to have their hands in everything and that's fantastic and you still can, but for it to be sustainable, able to receive help, able to be resilient and withstand change or withstand emergency, Mm. you've got to create a plan for that. And the plan cannot be, you know, for instance, me telling one of the employees, hey, you've got to check email, though, because so and so and so and so like to communicate there. <laughs> That's not a foolproof plan for managing and running your business. It's, it's got to right. be simple and procedural, you know? <laughs> yeah, because if you're the only one who knows the super secret communication method yeah, or the code formula. Or, or thing, formula, exactly. It's like, well, that doesn't help anybody coming in behind you or taking over or assisting you in helping. And mm-hmm. then you have to do the what just is causes so much mental burden for me is the also ands of the like yeah. oh well this is exactly how we do this but also sometimes we do this and sometimes there's this thing and oh yeah there's this one client and you just keep adding on these addendums which you're like well that's not how you do anything yeah. sounds like you do this 17 different ways <laughs> and, and you know this better than anyone i'm a sole proprietor so the only one i need to answer to for my disorganization is myself um but you know you and megan work hand in hand and i'm sure you each have some separate responsibilities but you need to work as one brain and have one set of, of procedures that work so and yeah tell me about that you know all about that uh, uh, <laughs> <What> communication is- <laughs> <laughs> it is communication and taking the time to sit down and and recognize like if I'm doing something, um, I try and keep that in mind of like, okay, right now I'm responsible for handling, you know, front facing with a lot of clients and back in budgeting and running payroll and things like this. Um, But if, I, you know, if, if I'm seriously ill, um, you know, Megan has to know how, you know, where the login is and what buttons to click and how that process works. And likewise, she sets up all of the schedules and she does all of that in assigning things with our software. If she's sick or if she needs to step away for something and I have to be able to fill that role and that takes sitting down with one another. And yeah, sure, there's the, oh my goodness, why didn't you do it this way? And, and what is this? And blah, blah, blah. But using that time for opportunity and growth and going, you're right. Um, I didn't expect uh, to ever have to teach this process to somebody else that I need to embrace this as a, as a, as a strengthening opportunity to really help outline exactly what this is and whether that's, Oh, well, why do you always, 
um, you know, and being not being afraid to ask questions or encouraging mm-hmm. the other person to ask questions when you sit down to show them that process of going, I'm going to show you how I do it. That does not mean it is the best way. <laughs> it is how I do it. And right. write down your questions. Let me get through everything. And then let's go back. And, and I, I'm, I'm actually going to ask for, for improvement in this process. So while they're learning the process, I'm, we can improve this at the same time when they're asking good questions. I love all of that. And I can't stress enough. I I feel like there's probably someone listening who thinks I don't have employees. I don't have a business partner. I don't even have a way to get help. I don't have a husband. I don't have anyone that can step in. All of these things are still important for you. Um, You have to set yourself up for success first and foremost. That's number one. And, and through following um, policies and procedures about why and how you do things, you can set yourself up for success. Even if you feel like, oh, no one's ever going to help me. It doesn't matter. I'll just, no, No. (laughs) you need to do it. Um, And one day (laughs) you might have help and then you'll have, you know, the handbook, the procedures to give them. Or, or, um, I know I am not the same person every day. Um, yeah. I, I forget a lot of things. Um, sometimes I'm sick. Sometimes I'm really tired. Sometimes I'm performing these, these uh, actions really early in the morning or really late at night right before bed. And yeah. if it's not simple and straightforward, I will forget to do certain aspects. I will forget to flip the little tab or to say or to put uh, send the email in a certain way. And so mm-hmm. it helps you because then you're not have you don't have to be burdened with all of the mental also ands and all of the the every little exception that you have made and crafted when it's simple you are able to be more consistent. And so that it then it's it's not it doesn't matter who's doing it. It doesn't matter when you're doing it or how you're feeling when you're doing it or in, when you're thinking about other things. It really simplifies that a lot for yourself and makes, again, that word consistency for just, just for yourself at the end of the day. I, I, I love that. The, um, the also ands, yeah. <laughs> the also ands. And if this, then that, um, eliminating as much of that as possible is, is helpful. Even just with the communication piece where it's like, you know, also, and I need to check the email to make sure I do this and blah, blah. And if they respond via email, I have to channel them to our scheduling program. If you can just streamline the way that you do these things. It, there's less things to keep you up at night. <laughs> now the things me, that keep me up at night are, I need to check my schedule requests. Do I have any text remaining? No, I can go to bed. Right. Not, is there, um, is there a DM I need to respond to? Is there a Facebook thing I need to respond to? I'm, I'm really simplifying my responsibilities. So the rest is just extracurricular, but we've got the skeleton, the bones of what has to be done every day. And then all the excess that isn't important. And like you said, on a bad day or on a day where you're maybe feeling more spacey or you're more tired or you're distracted because you've got stuff going on. If you can just from then or from there, manage your skeleton, manage your texts, your emails, whatever that is for you, you, you've got a good baseline to work with that is forgiving as your life changes day to day. Mm, I, I I love that, Abigail. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for uh, for everything that you're working on and for the arrival in or what early summer is that right? And so yeah, uh, and so that's there's just so many exciting things going on, and I know that there's still you know work to be done that you're you're focusing on. But um, I, I want to thank you for for coming on and, and sharing all of that and, and walking us through why being, being simple and, and being focused on 
these things benefits us not just in the moment, but for preparing for unknowns in the future. And that that goal of being resilient and consistent in everything that we do should really be a top priority for us in our businesses. Um, I, I know you're, you're about to go in a very busy season of your, of your <laughs> life. Um, so um, wh- how, how's, if people want to, to get in touch with you and, and, and follow along, um, how, how best, what channels uh, should they go about doing that uh, to, to, to reach you? <laughs> Well, for, for fun and for help and for social networking, I'm a lot more available than for scheduling because <laughs> I can't mess that up. It's a lot less pressure. Um, you, you can reach out to us, um, particularly on Instagram, if you'd like to see what we're up to. And that's PAC, P-A-C-K, PALS, P-A-L-S, and N-Y as in New York. So PAC PALS NY at, um, at Instagram. Uh, that is also, also our at Gmail if you'd like to email. Um, and that is also our website. Um, and through our website, if you are interested in looking at some of the questions I ask, you can go on there and take my little new client form. If you're interested, um, I did that for many people <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I've had that, um, taken many times by people curious to see what helps us. Yeah, perfect. And I'll have that in the show notes. Uh, so people can just click right to that page too. Um, so they be easy for them to find. Um, Abigail, mm-hmm. as always, thank you so much. I, I'm so appreciative of your time uh, and of all of your, your wonderful wisdom that you've been sharing. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. It's It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you for having me. Um, I said it last time and I'll say it again. This podcast helped me when I had no one and nothing regarding pet care, no one to talk to, no hope, no ideas, no Facebook group for camaraderie or for camaraderie, nothing. Um, This podcast has been a godsend for me for years. I'm so appreciative of the work that you and Megan do. And it makes me really honored to be a part of that for others. As a business, we should not think of resiliency as just being able to withstand tough times or withstand trials as we endure them. Instead, we should view resiliency as a process that makes us and our business stronger and better, whether that's through better policies, procedures, hiring and staff, or just internal and personal development that we go through over time. So that, as that process of building resiliency, we build a better business, we build a stronger business so that year after year after year, we're able to handle, take on, endure, and actually be better than we were the year before. And whether that's intentionally, because you are starting a family, you need to step away. You have things come up where you're trying to hire or you're trying to refine your client list. Every one of those aspects in preparation for those is a process of building resiliency in your business. And we'd love to know how you build resiliency in yours and what your thoughts and process have been like. You can send that to feedback at petsitterconfessional.com. We want to thank today's sponsors, Timed Pet, and the Calming Pet Music YouTube channel. Check out the links in the show notes to learn more about both of them. We want to thank you so much for listening today, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll be back again soon. (laughs) 